Well, fellas, we made it to the weekend show. We will be doing a different version of our daily show on Fridays where we talk about a few things that we weren't able to cover throughout the week. Some things that might go off the path a bit, not just about music, but some other things of pop culture and tech and whatnot. So I got my buddies, John McNeil and John Smythe. Smythe and John, how you doing? Doing great. I'm chilling. John, we missed you yesterday. It, it was uh, it was uh, like pulling teeth talking to Smythe about something he didn't really know that much about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Isn't that all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I started to show off and I was like, so what I don't want to do is go into crypto and then for seven minutes straight, talked about crypto. And so Smythe was just sitting there, there like, it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's so funny. It's like, does anyone know what crypto is about? Yeah, for real. But if you know, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so we got three things to cover today. Uh, some pretty cool stories. Uh, the first one, uh, I came across this video from CNBC, which was talking about uh, one of the former sound designers at Apple uh, named Jim Reeks and uh, how basically there was a lawsuit that kind of changed the way that they did sound for a lot of the initial uh, sound design on the original Macs. Um, so... So they released this video about Jim Reeks. He was a former sound designer in the early days in the 80s. He created a lot of the iconic so iconic sounds that you'd find on a Mac today, even on your iPhone or your iPad, like the camera snap sound and, and, and whatnot. And uh, apparently there was actually a lawsuit between the Beatles and Apple back in the 80s that forced Apple to rename some of these sounds um, because basically when Steve Jobs started Apple, he had to get he had to get permission from the Beatles because the Beatles, I think um, their label was called Apple. So uh, they gave him permission to call Apple Apple. He just couldn't do music. So then they start the company and then the sounds he's doing music like their sound design, basically. So they basically tried to sue Apple. So the sound designer had to go back and basically rename all of the sounds to make to make it that make it so they didn't have anything to do with music and it was just like a fascinating story because apparently and i guess i for whatever reason i didn't realize this did you guys realize that the startup sound had been removed for some years mm. i didn't know that um but i swore it coming on on my mid 2015 that's that's what i'm saying yeah I don't, I don't think it was that long ago um but but weirdly i did notice it because i just got the new uh m1 mac mini like a month ago and when i booted it up the boot up sound came on and i was like oh i haven't heard that in a while so it, it was kind of weird because i was like i wonder when was the last time i heard that on my macbook pro but apparently it's been a couple years so it got me thinking mm -hmm. like oh so one of the other funny things too was he actually left the company right before the dot-com bust <laughs> and literally lost all his shares and he lost like tens of thousands of shares and definitely would have been worth like tens of Poor millions guy. of dollars but it got me it got me wondering uh us as sound designers more you guys definitely more so than me for sure for sure but do you think it's morally right if you created or sound designed something for a company and then like didn't get anything from it forever forever because they actually trademarked that sound <sighs> yeah i really feel like royalty should always be in play if it's you know something that you created uh but i also know that people sign contracts that give them the, the security in exchange um 
So I, I guess it's still like, hey, what's being written down on paper? But I, I think, I mean, sound designers should get their just due. If you're hearing your sounds everywhere, I mean, especially on a product like that, I don't think Apple could not afford to pay Jim Reeks. <laughs> right. But it also is tough because he left and I mean, his shares would have been well worth his time. Right. I mean, it was funny in the video. He was like, do you want to see a man cry? Yeah. <laughs> and she brought up <laughs> the amount of, uh, you know, that he missed out on. Man, that, that's painful. So I was even thinking because of the trademark sound, they used that sound for Wally in the movie when he was done charging himself. So mm. you, you got to think that they, Apple had, I know Apple is in partnership with Pixar or maybe I hope Jim Reeks got a couple of dollars from that because it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I have to agree with John. I mean, I know pretty much from personal experience, uh, maybe not to the scale of Apple, but I do know that, um, especially if in your contract, it says that what you create is property of, you know, the company you're creating it for kind of just got to bite the bullet, you know? <clears throat> I mean, it's a, of course, from my experience, my work in sound design was more closely related with, you know, create creating not just product for a company, but then also hearing what I created in music everywhere, movies and albums and, and whatever. It's sort of different when it's for, you know, obviously one of the most successful companies ever, but also for a computer, there is not as much. I, I, I would say this. It, it, there was a lot of fulfillment in me knowing, all right, well, I know that this is not this is not really turning into forever money. However, I'm hearing this on so many records. So there's fulfillment in that. And there's a sense of I don't I don't really need money because I feel like I'm in the right place. I know that the people that I look up to subconsciously, they love what I do. You know, and it's been proven time and time again when you're creating sounds for for Apple. I mean, maybe maybe this guy does feel like, you know, I want I want my the sounds I create to reach people through computers. But, you know, you, you got to feel like like there should have been something a little a little longer lasting for him. I would imagine that sound design for a computer is sort of like a like an odd job. It's like something you do. I can't imagine in the moment in the 80s, I'm thinking about legacy when I'm creating sounds for a computer. Right. Um, but obviously it, it happened. I'm sure he created sounds for so many, um, you know, Nintendo games that were not Mario or, you know, were didn't last forever. I'm sure this guy, this Apple was not the first company that he did these bleeps and bloops and all these sounds for, you know, the what is it called? Fo uh, Foley. Foley. He signed the contract. Um, I I understand. I understand the feeling. You know whether whether it was for Apple or not. You know you you learn your lesson <laughs> definitely from from that kind of experience. That's a tough lesson to learn, though. Eight to ten million dollars just off of yeah. options. I think that was definitely more of like a timing thing of like, hey, I'm out of here. When it's just like, I mean, even if you want to be out of here, man, hold those options. <laughs> Yeah, because that was the other thing I was like, you, you should have at least bought the options, fam. You know, but mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't see it coming, especially around that time, I think that was probably around the time when like Steve Jobs got fired and stuff. So mm -hmm. who who else besides Steve Jobs saw where Apple was going? You know, mm -hmm. I don't even know if Steve Jobs saw where Apple was going in the, in the 80s. 
you know. Mm. All right, let's go to the next story. This was the funniest story to me as an old curmudgeon now. This just made me laugh because like I love the kids. Like I'm I'm a big proponent of like the children of the future. But like kids do some of the dumbest stuff on the planet. <laughs> and this had mm. this one just took the cake. Bloomberg Business Week reported earlier this week that this reseller, <laughs> this sneaker reseller named Joe Herbert was actually the 19-year-old son of Ann Herbert, who is Nike's vice president and general manager of North America. And because of this story, she ended up having to resign because this kid, first of all, this kid pays for the story, guys. So they didn't just find him. He actually paid Bloomberg to do this story on him. And basically what he did through the story was he admitted that he had bots, software bots, which allowed him to grab all of these sneakers, these really, really hard to hard to find sneakers. Obviously, you guys understand the the resale market for sneakers is ridiculous. You basically can't get anything when it drops. As soon as it as soon as stuff comes out online, it's gone in in thirty not even thirty seconds. It's like five seconds. And it's gone. It's because these kids have these bots, which buys up all of the product. So this guy is like buying up like literally warehouses full of sneakers has Bloomberg come out and talk about him, how he spends hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes getting these shoes only to find out through the story that in him spending this money, he's using his mom's credit card to turn a profit. When you, when you sell drugs, you don't invite people to come to the crib <laughs> to do a one-on-one interview with you. And, 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 and I know that, I know that like a lot of this stuff happens. Like if you have an in, I'm not, I'm not mad at him for doing this, but like, understand how to keep this stuff to yourself, man. Clout is just one of the most dangerous drugs in America right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. it's very interesting watching these kids navigate. So on Twitter, I said, this kid was smart enough to go through all of his pictures on Instagram and he blurred out his face for all of his pictures, right? So it's obvious that he doesn't want people to know who he is. So why in the world would you then allow one of the biggest uh, publishers to come out and do an interview with you? The the person who who was doing the story finds out because his mom, his mom calls him, he sees the name on the caller ID, Googles it, finds out that it's Ann Her- uh, Hebert or Herbert. I'm not sure how to pronounce their name, actually. Herbert. <laughs> it's probably friendly and uh and yeah so she had to step down so come to find out um she actually told nike that he was actually doing this and apparently nike said that there was no violation of their company policy or pri- privileged information or there was any conflicts of interest so nike actually knew that this was going on so let me ask you guys do you feel like that this was like a, a real f- like do you feel like that this was nike gently asking her to step down because it's just like a PR nightmare? Or do you think mm-hmm. that she just did this on her own? Probably feels like a little mixture of both. I mean, if nothing doesn't tell you the sign of the times, I mean, that's one of them. It's You talk about, does this kid want clout? Like, like, or is it worth, like, it's not worth just making money and flipping this stuff, but it's worth kind of being known, even though you're stuck in a hard place, rocking a hard place, because you're not showing your face on Instagram, but you're calling for the, the interview or the show, and it's or, you know, the story, and it's like, I mean, maybe at its core, you do want people to know that you're that guy and you're doing this. <laughs> right. But it is kind of baffling to me that um, with knowing who his mother is, that he would <laughs> put, you know, that kind of risk in play. Uh, 
I'm honestly baffled. It's pretty stupid, honestly. <laughs> 25 years. 25 years down the drain. You basically work for a company and you're, what, five years away from that retirement time? Because <laughs> I think you have to put like, what, 30 years in a company before you can retire officially? So she's five years away. Not only that, but she's very, very high up. And one of the things that she was over was actually the sneakers app. The -hmm. sneakers app has done a really, really good job of trying to actually keep the bots down so that there's not a compromise of the uh, of the app. And this is just me speculating. It seems like he wasn't really as much able to maybe ring up on the sneakers app. But that one uh, Yeezy sale that he had, he did like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars off the Yeezy supply website. which is insane <laughs> but but he did it with his mom's credit card yeah so imagine if somebody high up at adidas is smart enough to look at this this total and they're like whoa somebody just racked up one hundred thirty thousand, and they realize that it's that's ann herbert like mm-hmm. i know if it was me as a competitor i maybe would have uh would have said a little something in the press yeah like, like you know there's a you know there's a high up vp at, at nike who's buying our stuff Mm. At you know in in the six figure realm, so so can you imagine, Smythe? I'm gonna ask you this because you'll get a kick out of this. Can you imagine yeah. the, what the resale? Can you imagine music instruments ever getting into the place of the resale market, like the way that sneakers are, like a hard to find guitar or something like that? Nah, I can't. Um, should we create it? Should should the three of us create <laughs> this whole thing? Let's no. create it. Let's create a new market, right? Let's 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 go to. Uh, Who's 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 a good guitar? Let's let's go to uh, Gibson. Let's go to Gibson and say, nah, hey, no, let's Gibson. create <laughs> twenty. Yeah, let's go to Gibson. Let's create twenty guitars <laughs> that are you know they have specific value. They'll they'll no. sell them. We'll take out a loan and buy all of them, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then resell it on the market to get a twenty percent profit. <laughs> yeah. No, I the feel like not enough is, people are yeah, not enough people are buying instruments. I mean, you got places like Guitar yeah. Center filing for bankruptcy and <laughs> just a different yeah. demand right <laughs> i mean I, I i'll say this though the the resale um that whole thing is is pretty interesting um i think if maybe if i cared more about sneakers and about having yeezys i mean there's a part of me like i've never i've tried i've never owned a pair of yeezys i've never owned a pair of jordans i can understand why she was asked to step down because they have to do something because again like it said in the article there was nothing illegal happening um and (laughs) the 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 whole resale thing as unfair as it is it doesn't have a negative effect on nike or or adidas because you know it's kind of like how rappers back in the day when they would go to like fye and buy all the CDs. <laughs> Shoot, they still do you know? that now with streaming. They got the streaming farms. Yeah, yeah, where, exactly. Where, where, where yeah. they just have See, like uh, they'll have like like a thousand phones, and it's just they're they're just playing the the, the record collection over and over and over again. <laughs> right, right. Uh, have you ever seen pictures of that? It looks so weird. <laughs> Very um, odd. Yeah, but dystopian, but Nike dystopian for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Nike has to do something. Uh, yeah, the fact that it was it was her son, <laughs> it's it's just so weird, you know. But you can kind of see behind behind that. You, and if you assume the worst, she she 
should have been asked to step down, which is what I, I think it was. Yeah, I think the I think what makes this worse is if you are part of that community, you know what it feels like every Saturday to completely <laughs> mm -hmm. swing and miss on every shoe, seemingly yeah. every Saturday. <laughs> That's what's more baffling yeah. to me, like in this day and age that bots still work. Like there people haven't figured out how to stop that. Like Nike, a company like that hasn't figured out how to stop that on the app. Well, the thing yeah. is, does Nike want that to stop? Though? Yeah, that's. I'm gonna be honest question. with you. If I'm Nike, I don't care. Yeah, a sale right. is a sale. Surefire sale at that. You know, I, I always love these conversations because I, I feel like, like us as a group, we have this very unique perspective as both sides of the coin. So there's like, there's times when I'm like, this is business. Then I understand. Mm -hmm. Then there's other side. <laughs> there's a other side where I'm a fan uh, of of a particular thing, and I'm like, man, these guys are messing everything up. You know, it, it 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 basically continues to it's it's just the supply and demand thing, man. If you're keeping people in a place where they feel like that they can't get something or they feel like that they're going to miss out another version of FOMO, this is just going to keep happening, you know, and I even feel like specifically making an app either like so you can screenshot when you get them. Right. So, you know, you guys know, like the got them uh, mm, screenshot yeah. that everybody shares. That's that's such a psychological game to mm. make people feel like that they're missing out. What that does is like somebody I got them. It's almost like Nike wants there to be one person. It's like a, it's like the lottery. The, the, <laughs> the older I get, the more I be seeing these psychological games with 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 all of these things. So mm -hmm. it literally is it, it literally is a lottery. How much money is Pennsylvania and New Jersey making on a daily basis from people showing up to gas stations and Wawa's and stuff like that to play the lottery? Holding up the line. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I feel like Nike has been has been doing these as all, as all companies do, but. I forgot what I was watching. The just the the psychology behind how um, how Nike markets their products and and their slogan and everything and making you feel like you're an athlete. <laughs> way, like here, uh, in fact, I think maybe that was you talking to me about that, Wes. How how you feel like you're an athlete? You know, you you maybe you played for like rec league basketball and you got the the wristband on here and the armband here mm -hmm. with the Nike logo. You play football, you know, you got the the under not under armor, of course, but like the you know, the the thermal sleeves. Right. You think you're doing something, but you're you're you know, you're not you're not Michael Jordan. You're not whoever I don't or who's LeBron is Nike, right? Right. Or you're not Kobe, rest in peace. Yeah. It's it's all a game. We used to we used to clown on people that would show up with like Jordan from head to toe. <laughs> Used to be it's like goofy. this dude definitely is trash. You show up with a, a Jordan headband all the way down to Jordan socks and sneakers. It's just yep. like, all right, fam, I'm definitely <laughs> leaving you right on the floor at top of the key on a crossover first play game. <laughs> Facts. Well, let's go to the next one. This is the last story for today. Uh, this one is kind of another ploy by the industry to figure out a way to continue to boost numbers. So apparently billboard charts are going to now incorporate Facebook music video streams. Um, Facebook. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know how I feel about this show. So the changes will take effect with the charts dated after March 27th, reflecting sales and streams. Uh, streams of officially licensed music videos on Facebook, which were added to the social platform in August will soon be factored into the Billboard Hot 100, Bill, Billboard 200, Artist 100, and Billboard Global 200 charts 
as well as other charts that incorporate streaming data. I don't know, man. This just <laughs> this is still the same thing. Let me let me let me uh let me do some of these quotes from this story. Music availability and consumption continues to increase at a remarkable rate, and the industry has seen incredible innovation across many digital plat platforms, said Silvio Pietro Luongo, Senior VP Charts and Data Development for MRC Data and Billboard. We are excited to announce the inclusion of Facebook's U.S. premium music video streams to Music Connect and to Billboard's charts, including the Billboard Hot 100, Billboard 200, and Billboard Global 200, further expanding the most comprehensive view of music consumption and trends impacting the business. Artists deserve recognition in music charts for the social capital they drive and the social discovery they fuel. Adding music video plays on Facebook to Billboard charts is an important step in the right direction. Do you feel like that this is about social discovery or this is about just numbers for Billboard and for feels, labels? Yeah, it feels like numbers boosting once again because i never even thought of i don't know i don't know how i never thought about how people miss out on those spins on facebook i mean i guess it makes sense but i felt like so much of the facebook situation was like more about the embedding phenomenon um like how those things are calculated um even toward like youtube views um but i mean i, I guess if it's an uh, artist missing out on spins being counted um I mean, I guess I'm for that, but it feels weird for sure. Why Why does, so why don't you just create a separate category for digital? Mm -hmm. Like just create a separate category. Mm -hmm. So it would be, you know, the top video billboards of digital digital media, like just separate them. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> but, but the problem is, is that technology has continued day by day to to destroy the mystique of the music industry. And these guys literally have to keep inventing new ways to stay relevant, you know, from a numbers and data standpoint, because then there's no way that they can continue to raise money and make money. Hmm. I mean, I, I feel like if you, if you create a video billboard, then Jake Paul is, is going to drop a rap song. That's what and, I'm saying. And kill everybody. And if you're a label paying billboard, nine million 10 million wow well, i don't i'm just coming up with numbers but you know you're you want to make sure that jake paul does not end up you know uh beating out your artists or else you got to sign jake paul <laughs> right you know yeah this also kind of feels like it, it goes hand in hand with the uh with the news that we were talking about the other day with twitch uh acquiring the majority stake in um in title mm -hmm. square this is I mean, Square, sorry. What'd I say? Yeah. Twitch. Yeah, Switch, sorry. It's Friday, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like these 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 platforms are really trying to ring out as much as they can through music. It's weird. I don't understand this, personally. I mean, I understand it from like a data perspective. Like, you're, you're basically use, utilizing a, a, an, an end user to continue to drive growth from a number standpoint. I'm just I'm just thinking about how uh, how if, if this was a rule ten years ago, then the Lonely Island uh, I'm on a boat or need loops name I'm position number one on, on Billboard. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 if, or like Fifty Tyson, right? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's going to be about these tech companies in this next decade and the labels. They're scrambling to stay um, on top and stay relevant. 
I think through this, you know, this revolution. <laughs> exactly. What I want to know is our artists getting paid more because mm-hmm. of this. And we all know the answer is no. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, man, this is this has been an awesome week, man. The first week, five days straight of the new daily show, two cents worth. I can't believe we pulled this off. Low key, to be honest with you. I was actually a little worried about today because I know you guys are busy. And I was like, I'm about to have to do this by myself today. But <laughs> the people love you, Wes. <laughs> I, I, I hope they do. I hope they do. But no, nah, this is uh, I've, I've really just to, to, to get serious for a second. I was telling Smythe before the show started, I can already see that this is going to be one of the most popular content offerings that I've ever stepped into. And uh, the numbers are already proving to be uh, quite, quite great to, in our direction. And it's just getting started. So I can't wait for when we're six months into this, you know what I'm saying? We all talk about in group chats and and I, I always hate the fact that we can't carry those conversations uh, over into a, 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 a platform where people can kind of sit in on those conversations. So I just really like this show because it's it's really opinion based and it gives us a chance to really share our opinion. And I know I, I, little by little, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, a little more real because I know I've I've definitely been a little uh, corporate in my opinions uh, <laughs> the first couple of days, <laughs> just not to piss anybody off. <laughs> Hold on to your seats, folks. Especially Smythe, because we're gonna have to create a new uh, a new section called was it? Would you call it Smythe? Hot takes, <laughs> mixed mixed hot feelings, mixed hot feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, where I can go off about this three track Drake EP. Goodness. <laughs> Thanks everyone for for listening this week. If you haven't done so, make sure you subscribe. Forgot to ask you to do that at the beginning of the show. That's my bad. But if you can sub- subscribe. Hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. We do greatly appreciate it. Leave us some comments and we'll get back to you. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.